Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What's going on, y'all? It's your host, Will, coming back for a new episode of Field Note Fridays, powered by Bowtech. Refuse to follow. It's September, y'all. It's the greatest time of the year. A lot of y'all are heading out west to chase after bugling bulls and velvet muleys. And those that aren't, you're fixing to climb up in a tree stand or you're going to be getting a ground blind saddle, however you may be doing it. But other than it being the greatest time of year, September is also Tree Stand Safety Awareness Month. And I felt that this was the perfect time to bring a podcast to y'all that would highlight this because this is a time of year that y'all are thinking about that big buck that's on camera and we tend to get a little complacent. We tend to forget. We tend to get a little lazy. I am guilty of this myself. I get lazy this time of year. You're wanting to get up in that tree stand and you get up there and it's like, oh crap, I forgot my harness. Oh, I'll, I'll get up there. It won't happen to me this one time. I'll be extra careful. Well, y'all... I know a gentleman that did that. His name is Mr. Joe Baia, and I'm getting him on here to tell his story. And this is something that y'all don't want to take too lightly, especially for y'all that have a significant other. You got kids at home to think about. You got people at home to think about. So before you climb up in that stand, I got Joe on here to tell his story, give some tree stand safety tips, things to think about before you get vertical because these are all things you need to consider think about think about those people at home that you love you don't want to see them go through something terrible and so y'all just remember to be safe it's our favorite time of the year i wish you all good luck i'm a quit rambling and here is our man joe to bring his story and tree stand safety tips to you well joe you ready to get this thing going yeah sure uh, whatever you want all right man well joe man Really appreciate you just taking the time to hop on the Hunt Stand podcast with me today and talk about a variety of things and specifically talking about tree stand safety awareness. September is upon us. It's the month for tree stand safety awareness. And so before we really dive into that, just thank you for hopping on the podcast today, man. Yeah, man. Glad to be here. Glad to glad to talk about this. This is something that needs to get attention this time of year. And uh, you know, maybe maybe my story will scare some folks into paying better attention man 
I'm very, very interested in hearing that story here shortly. But before we kind of, before we dive into it, I like to start out our podcast with what I call 30 foot tree stand view, kind of like just like a 30,000 foot view, kind of tell the listeners, you know, who you are, what you do and how you've gotten to where you are in life. Yeah, man. Well, uh, my name is Joe Bai. I'm the publisher, editor in chief of Great Days Outdoors. Um, we have a magazine and a lot of podcasts and web content, uh, really just promoting hunting and angling throughout the country, but especially the deep South here where, where I am. And, um, you know, I've been a lifelong hunter and angler, uh, grew up as a, a deckhand, uh, fishing guide and, and did that, uh, throughout my early adult life and, uh, you know, kind of spent my twenties figuring out who I was and what I wanted to do and getting some business experience and, yep. uh, and really just, you know, early on in life, I, I, I wanted to be an outdoor writer. That was what I thought I wanted to do. I, mm-hmm. I had a, a stack of hunting and fishing magazines in my room constantly and, and really thought that was what I wanted to do. And, um, went to school, kind of started out on that angle and, and got some advice from some people in the industry that maybe I shouldn't do it. And, uh, listen to them for better or for worse. And, uh, you know, as I got, got a little bit older, I realized this is what I wanted to do. And so, you know, got back into the industry, kind of found a way to, uh, combine business with my passion, which is being outdoors really in, in any capacity. And, yeah. and that's where, you know, how I ended up doing what I'm doing. Um, uh, really just helping communicate with folks that are hunters and anglers and the kind of information that they need to hear and, uh, and want to hear. Man, it's it's kind of funny. Like you know, you host a podcast yourself, and you know, doing this, you find out a lot that uh, people started out with growing up in the outdoors, hunting, fishing, and they've kind of let let that passion of being in the outdoors lead them to a career in the industry today. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I think it's so important for people, regardless of what you're passionate about, is is to follow that because. Mm-hmm. That's the way you're really going to find success, not just financial success, but success with your whole life. You know, you want to be fulfilled, mind, body, and spirit, and yep. and you know, be able to to uh, be a good father, be a good brother, be a good husband, uh, and be a good employee or be a good boss. And if you've got, if you're grounded in something that you're passionate about, then you'll figure out the path you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just, I always, everybody I talk to, I always say, just follow that, you know, follow it wherever it takes you. It's going to be a tough road at times because it's not always going to be easy, but follow it. Exactly. And you know, a good friend of mine, Dan Staten, uh, he has a motto that he has said a lot that in fact, I, since I've heard him say this, I have kind of lived by it. And that's, you get, you got to chase time, not money, right? You chase time, and you chase what you value, the money will follow. Eventually right. it will. So, yeah. Well, man, we're here to talk about tree stand safety. You know, you've got a story. We're here to talk about what people should be thinking about, what they should be doing, especially those that even this is, this doesn't even just pertain to hunting. It even pertains to when you're hanging those stands. And so I think the way to start this podcast is telling us about your story and how your viewpoint on tree stand safety has changed. Yeah. So, you know, growing up, uh, I had a great mentor in hunting and he was always from day one, very focused on safety Mm -hmm. and whether that was firearm safety, um, just 
tree stand safety. I can remember the first time I ever got in a tree stand, I, he could reach up and touch the bottom platform. That's how high I was, Mm -hmm. you know, so it wasn't high off the ground, but he insisted to us wear a, a safety harness. You have to have a safety harness on when you're, when you're hunting in a tree stand. Yeah. And, um, I always followed that advice. I mean, I always wore my safety harness and I can remember watching guys climb around in trees like squirrels, you know, and, <laughs> and, and guys would kind of poke fun at me early on. Cause I'd, I'd come out to go to my tree stand and I had this full body harness on there. Like, ah, you don't need any of that. You yeah. know, and it wasn't accepted early on. It wasn't macho to do that, but I, I stuck with it. You know, I always, always wore my safety harness. And, uh, when I was 19, I, was hunting by myself and, uh, it was, it was, thank, uh, excuse me. It was Halloween morning and I was going back into an area that required a, a, a pretty good trek, um, through, it was one of those, one of those hunts and one of those areas where you knew if you could get back in there undetected, it was going to be a good hunt, but you were pretty anxious about getting them back in there undetected because yeah. you, you had to walk through some areas that were, uh, highly trafficked by deer just to get to where you wanted to be. And, um, so I got up that morning and I had, uh, went out and made my way in. It was just one of those crisp fall days, just perfect temp, mm-hmm. light winds, just, you know, just super, super excited to get in the stand and, uh, kind of snuck my way in there and I got to the base of my tree and I realized I had forgotten my safety harness. I'd just forgotten to put it on. And, um, you know, I got to this tree and I probably hunted this tree, I'd guess 15 times over, over my life at that point, knew, knew it well, just hung the stand that year, you know, and I was like, you know, it'll be all right this one time. I'm just going to, not going to mess up my whole hunt to go back and get my safety harness, never fallen out of a tree before. I mean, it'll be okay. So climb up into the stand and people who know me, they, they, they laugh at me because I'm, I'm a tall guy. So I got this big, long stride and, and I, I space my steps out real far so nobody else can use them, you know, and, uh, and I like to, I like to hunt high, you know, I'll, I'll hang my stands a lot of times where, you know, I'm up there close to 30 feet. And, um, so I'm up in the tree stand and I get my hunt in that morning. It's a good morning. Saw a bunch of deer. Didn't, didn't take a shot. Um, and it's about nine 30 in the morning and, and, starting to climb down out of the tree. And mm-hmm. when I climb out of this tree, I always had a, uh, a screw in step on one side of the tree and a limb on the other side of the tree. And as I was stepping out of the tree stand onto my first set of pegs, uh, instead of grabbing that screw in step and that limb, um, I grabbed the limb with both hands. And I, I don't know why I did that, but I did, you know, just, just a brain fart, I guess is better, you know, but I grabbed that limb with both hands and went to put my weight on it to go down to that first set of pegs and it snapped. And so, you know, when, when you're about 30 feet up in a tree, um, and, and that happens, you don't have much time to think about anything other than to go, Oh Mm. crap. And I can just remember going really fast towards the ground and turning. I kind of turned at the last minute. And, and just like if somebody was going to hit you in football, you know, you kind of like tighten up and, and through that, that shoulder and, you know, thank God, luckily I landed flush on the right side of my body. I didn't, you know, I wasn't 
I wasn't angled down. I wasn't angled up. I was just completely parallel with the ground. And yeah. And when I hit the ground, I mean, I played football for years and I've never been hit like that. I think <sighs> when, when the impact was made, um, I thought I'd had the breath knocked out of me. You know, I probably sat there for the better part of two minutes trying to get air back. And, yeah. but after the fact, uh, I learned that I actually collapsed a lung. I hit so hard that it, it collapsed one of my lungs and then eventually it, it, it reinflated and, um, <sighs> I was able to get, get my breath back. And so I'm laying there on the, on the fourth floor and, you know, you, you just, I can, you know, I had a I had pain in my back, I had pain in my hip, um, just, you know, a good bit of pain, but I, I was conscious. I never lost consciousness. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you just kind of start triaging, you know, you start thinking like, mm -hmm. all right, what am I going to do here? Um, so, you know, first thought was, well, I gotta, gotta get out of here. I gotta get help. So, you know, I, I, I was able to actually stand up using my bow kind of like a crutch yeah. and, and, and would get up and, and when I did, um, if I tried to move, I would pass out immediately. And I, and I woke up, I tried that twice and I woke up twice, uh, like with my face down in the leaves and what was happening was, uh, when I had fallen, I had broken my pelvis. Oof. And so when I would try to, when I would try to move, my pelvis would actually shift. And the pain from that was so intense that I would pass out. Holy cow. And so a couple times of that and waking up with your face in the leaves, you realize, okay, this isn't going to work. And so then uh, I just kind of got somewhat comfortable lying flat on my back. And every once in a while, every five to 10 minutes, I would just yell for help. And, um, as I'm laying there, uh, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, number one, I'm, I'm thinking about my family and I'm thinking like, they're not going to, you know, you got to think this was back before everybody was carrying around cell phones. It didn't have a cell phone. It didn't have any way to communicate with anybody. So I'm thinking, all right, it's, you know, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. No one expects me to be home until tonight after the afternoon hunt. And, and you know, we weren't calling out and texting or anything like that. So yeah. uh, I figured, you know, maybe around seven, eight o'clock that night, people would start going, where's Joe? And all my family members were three to four hours away. So, you know, I'm thinking, all right, they're going to figure this out late in the evening. They're going to come look for me. You know, they're going to, somebody's going to, they're going to send somebody my way. There's going to be somebody out here looking for me in the middle of the night, maybe early tomorrow morning. So I need to get prepared to, to kind of spend the night in the woods tonight and, mm -hmm. uh, no water, no food, you know, I mean, just nothing. Mosquitoes are eating me up. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I just kind of started doing that and preparing myself for uh a night in the woods uh hurting and thank god you know luckily um i kept calling out uh about three o'clock that afternoon mm -hmm. um somebody answered one of my calls you know i yelled help and somebody said where are you you know back and i'm thinking oh my god somebody's heard me like serious yeah and so luckily for me um i was hunting in a lease uh at the time and you know we had a sign-in board sign-in sign-out board where everybody you know you kind of put your pin on the map and you you sign out your 100 acre 200 acre section that you're going to hunt that day and it was just me and another another group of guys uh two guys two brothers that were in the camp that morning mm -hmm. and uh 
they were getting ready to leave to go home. Uh, it was a Sunday, Sunday afternoon and they were getting ready to leave. And they, uh, they looked down at my camper and they saw that my truck was still there. And so they, they assumed I was in my camper and they went in to sign out and they signed themselves out and they saw that I had not signed my section out. And so they drove down to my camper just to say goodbye. And I wasn't there because I had taken a, a UTV out yeah. that morning. And they realized at that point, oh, he's not back. And so that was how they found me. They, they came to the area that I had signed out and they heard me calling out. I was way back in the woods and um, they, they, they found me. So, so I laid in the woods from, you know, about 930 till around 330 that afternoon. God. Thank God, you know, they, they found me and they were able to fashion a, um, a stretcher of sorts mm-hmm. uh, from a ladder and some, some aluminum roofing and, and were able to use a four-wheeler to get me out of the woods and get me out to where an ambulance could, could get me to a hospital. And, you know, luckily for me, um, I did have, I, I fractured two vertebrae, uh, fractured my pelvis, broke my foot, uh, and, you know, collapsed that lung. And I had lacerations on my liver and on my spleen and, uh, spent, you know, five days in intensive care, uh, went home 10 days later, my spleen ruptured and nearly died from that. I, I, uh, if, um, luckily that happened at home. And so I was able to get in, have it removed and, and stop the bleeding and get blood transfusions and everything that had to happen. But you know, if I, if that would have happened in the woods, if, if the, uh, if my spleen would have ruptured then, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. So, uh, luckily for me, a lot of things went right on a day where one thing went wrong and, um, you know, it has affected my health up to this point, you know, not having a spleen, your immune systems, we actually just got over COVID. That was a lot harder than it should have been. Um, I've, I've had to deal with those things, but you know, I'm lucky in that day to day. I don't, I don't have a lot of issues with it. Um, but it has definitely affected the way I approach just safety as a whole. Uh, and, and tree stand safety, of course, um, Dude, lumped into that. Man, I don't know. I don't know what your religious affiliation is or, or whatnot, but God was watching out for you that day. Yeah, no doubt, man. And, you know, a lot of people, you, you hear people talk about brushes that they may have with, with, with death. And, you know, you, you, you've heard the old adage of your, like, your life flashes before your eyes. Mm-hmm. And what I would say is that it does flash before your eyes, but not in the way that Hollywood would portray it. Like when you got six and a half hours laying on the, laying on the, laying in the woods, you got a lot of time to think about like what you're not doing right. If you're not treating people right. Um, if you got some, some things you need to clear up with anybody that you care about. And, uh, luckily for me, you know, at at 19, I got a wake up call that I needed to live my life right. And I, and I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. And so, you know, going back to what we talked about at the beginning, you know, following your passion, we all got a finite amount of time here. And, you know, if you're not going after something that you, you want to go after, get started. If you're not treating somebody the way you want to treat them, fix it, apologize, do all those things. And that was something that this fall taught me that that was the bright spot about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, But all this was completely preventable. And hopefully, you know, some of the things we can talk about today will will prevent somebody from having to having to go through this. What do you? I know, I know you look back on that moment, but 
that that one decision of oh it's okay this one time to go up there oh it'll be fine just this one time how how often do you think back on on that decision uh all the time because it's uh usually when i think about it is when i'm faced with something similar to that again mm-hmm. um you know like i give you an example um was up on my place the other day uh was running the tractor came down a fire break and had a oak tree that had fallen over and jump out grab my chainsaw go and cut the oak tree up and you know i i didn't put my um my i didn't put my ear protection on i didn't put my chaps on didn't put my eye protection on and uh you know i i cranked that chainsaw up and i started to get to work and i go you know what i don't have my my safety equipment on and my younger self would have just cut the tree up and everything would have probably been fine. Um, and I'd have moved on about my business, but I went over and I got my chaps and I got my hearing protection mm-hmm. and my eye protection because, you know, the same exact scenario can play out that cha- that chainsaw bucks back on you and you sever an artery and you bleed out right there in the woods. Um, totally preventable. So uh, I think about it a lot. I think about it, for myself, but I also think about it for my two young boys. We've got a four-year-old and a and a uh, one-year-old now, and you know, being an example to them uh, to make sure that they don't have the same problems. But also, you know, w- when I fell, I was nineteen. I didn't yeah. have anybody to disappoint uh, other than stressing my my parents out a lot, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> but but now, you know, that's what I think about. I think about those those two little boys and. Is it worth it to me for me to be slightly inconvenienced uh, or take a little bit longer to get something done to make sure that I come back home at the end of the day uh, and, and get to be a dad? That's that's the kind of stuff that I think about. And so, yeah, affects me every day. It's affected the career I've gotten into, you know, um, just again, you, you're not guaranteed tomorrow, but no, don't. I want to end it shorter than you have to. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, you know, with that mindset, you know, you, you you went through that one thing, that one decision that changed a lot in your life. And now, like you're talking about, you go through things like that. Like, you know, I need that. It's kind of like one of those things that I have have found myself saying this a lot lately is I'd rather have it and not need it mm-hmm. than to need it and not have it. No doubt. Yeah. And I'm usually the one uh, who has to have the, negative experience before I'll, I'll go do it. But I'll say that, you know, as I've gotten a little bit older and, uh, now I'm more on the preventative side. I'll say, but you, you've learned from it. And so that's kind of where I wanted to go next was kind of tell us, you know, of course you grew up with somebody teaching you to always be careful, you know, very conservative, safe safety in mind. How has your mindset changed since then? My mindset, if we're talking about tree stand safety yeah. in particular, is this if you're connected from the minute your foot leaves the ground until the minute your feet get back on the ground the worst that can happen is a few scrapes and bruises and scratches yeah and it is sometimes uh frustrating to do that to to stay with that mindset Mm -hmm. but you can't go wrong and that's why you know nowadays there are umpteen different 
uh, tree stand harnesses out there on the market. They're all good. Yep. Um, you can get one that is a, is a hunting tool as much as it is a safety, uh, piece of safety equipment. Um, and, and, and that's great. But the reality of the situation is even though I forgot my safety harness that morning, the way I was climbing at that point, I still would have fallen if I would have had it on because what I was doing at the time was I was climbing up on steps or pegs or, you know, some form of a, of a ladder to get up into a lock on stand. And I was using two lineman's ropes going up. So I'd, I'd have one lineman's rope around the tree. And when I got to a limb that I needed to go over, I'd, I'd take that lineman's rope and I'd go over the top of that limb and never disconnect. And I'd keep going up. But when I was getting to the tree stand, I was disconnecting my lineman's ropes, climbing into the tree stand, and then hooking up my uh, my tether, you know, to to the tree. And that's when I fell. I fell getting out of the tree stand. And so my advice to everybody is no matter how you do it, you can do it with two lineman's ropes and a tether. You can do it with uh, a lifeline. That's what I like to use. That's what I use on everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, just move into the when you go in to hunt your your mindset needs to be the minute my feet come off the ground i'm connected yeah and that and and i fell from 30 feet but you can get hurt really bad falling from six feet if you land wrong yeah i mean life changing and i mean yeah heck man i i saw a picture just the other day of a a hunting brand. I'm not going to say who, but it was a guy. I know it was just a picture and it was probably just taken for marketing purposes, but the guy was already four feet up in a, a ladder stand, uh, a leaning stand with no harness on. Right. And, oh, and, and that's one of the things too, that, that irks me, you know, to this day. And to this day, I still know plenty of people who don't use any kind of, um, tree stand safety equipment. Um, it's just, they're too cool, you know, or it won't happen to them. Um, and, but the real, the one I see more than anything is exactly what you just described. People, you know, they're getting in a lock on. Oh yeah. I got my safety harness on tree, uh, climbing stand. Oh, yep. Safety harness. But they go to those ladder stands and they're like, oh, it's ladder stand. I don't, I don't need the safety harness here. Absolutely not. I've, I've, I've come closer to falling, which that's a funny part of this is I never fell before that fall and I've never fallen since. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, the closest I've come has been on ladder stands. Yeah. So, uh, we, we use lifelines on everything. Mm-hmm. We have, we have lifelines on ladder stands. If we've got a double ladder stand, we got a double lifeline. I mean, everybody stays connected from the minute they leave the ground until the minute they get back on the ground. No, no questions asked, no exceptions, period. End of story. Um, just the other day we were pulling down a ladder stand. We were moving it yeah. and everything looked fine. Got hooked up to the lifeline, got up in the ladder stand, unhooked it from the tree, climbed back down, went to pull the ladder stand away from the tree and the ladder itself. You could never have seen it was rusted inside of, of, uh, where the, where the connections are made. And yeah. that ladder, that ladder just split in half. That ladder stand came crashing down. Nobody, nobody got hurt, but it can happen. You can get up in there and a weld can break. Uh, you can get in there and a cable can break. Mm-hmm. You can get in there and squirrels have chewed a ratchet strap to the point where you put your your my 250 pounds on it and it breaks. Uh, you could just lose your balance. You could fall asleep. Uh, you could slip on on 
you know, ice or just uh, moisture that's on that stand. Yeah. There's so many different scenarios that can happen. And if you just stay connected from the time you leave the ground until the time you get back on the ground, again, the worst that's going to happen is you're going to fall. It's going to jar you a little bit, maybe scratch you up a little bit, but you're not going to die. You're not going to have debilitating injuries and, you know, you go on to keep hunting. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, talking about those, those ladder stands. I mean, that's like you said, I've probably had some of my closest calls to falling off of one, putting it up. Yeah. Preseason. That's another funny thing about us hunters and and hunters I watch every year. It's like when they go to hunt, they got that safety harness on. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, when we're moving stands around or taking a stand down, it's like, oh, well, that it doesn't apply to them. (laughs) <laughs> I don't get it, you know. Um, Negative. It, 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 it's just real simple. I mean, I can't upset it a bunch, but when your feet leave the ground, be connected. Yeah. When your feet get back on the ground, disconnect. If you do that, you can't go wrong. And yeah, you may have to run back to camp and get get something you need to be able to do that. It may cost you a trip, but I promise you, that's better than better, an ambulance ride. It's better than an ambulance ride. It's better than than the, you know, than what happens when you fall. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, man, those ladder stands, they, they can be sketchy. I mean, I don't know what it is. It's once you get that thing leaned up against it, it's, you can feel your whole weight shift it. And that's, that's where I've had some of the closest calls, I guess you would say. I'll tell you a little trick with ladder stands that I like to use if the tree will, will, will allow it. Um, mm-hmm. Is a lot of times, you know, what we do is we, we get that ladder stand, we get a buddy or a couple of buddies and, we tilt it up and we walk our hands up the ladder stand and lean it up against the tree. And then you get mm-hmm. a couple people down at the bottom and they're holding it. And you climb up there and you get that first strap tightened and, and, uh, you know, okay, we're good now. Well, what if your buddies just don't hold it? Well, what, what if you get up there and that well breaks and <sighs> you know, you, you've got to have that initial setup. So this is what I like to do when it comes to ladder stands. Yeah. If, if the tree will allow it, I take a climbing stand and I hook it up to the tree. I hook myself up with my safety harness and I climb up the tree to where I'm going to, about where I'm going to have that ladder stand set. Then with my friends down on the ground, we tie a rope to the ladder stand and we pull the ladder stand up to the tree, set it on the tree about where we want it and go ahead and get that first ratchet tightened and go ahead and put my lifeline above the ladder stand. Yeah. Now, when I want to come down, I can come down and you can do the same thing with a set of steps or if you have a tree saddle or something along those lines, you can, you can use that to get up in the tree and initially set your lifeline, get that stand attached, then climb down, climb back up the ladder stand attached to that lifeline and go ahead and get your final adjustments made, tweak it, get it twisted the way mm-hmm. you want, get it tightened up the way you want. Um, that's a strategy for those ladder stands to keep you connected at all times and same you know, same kind of thing can happen when you go to set that, uh, that lock on, you know, get up there, set that lifeline first, get connected, and then you can go ahead and, uh, get your, get your lock on like you want it. What if you've got a tree and I know we're, we're going to deviate just a second here, but what do you do about that tree that you can't necessarily get a lifeline up there through a saddle or a climbing stand? Do you have any kind of special tool that you use to get a lifeline set up? No, you know, what I do is, uh, and and there's a tree like that, that I love to hunt. It's a giant white Oak. It's probably older than everybody that's, you know, listening to this. Um, and 
I, I love to hunt it, man. When it's, when it's dropping in the fall, it just everything in the woods comes to it. Mm-hmm. And, but it's enormous. I mean, you can't, you couldn't get a tether around it if you wanted to get a tether mm-hmm. around it. I just don't hunt out of that tree. I just hunt next to it. You know, I mean, you got to have the, um, wherewithal and the mindset of like, if it doesn't work, I'm not going to force it. Yeah. And so, yeah, if it doesn't work, there's just gotta be a bet. There's gotta be another way. There's gotta be a tree that you can make it work. Um, if there isn't, you know, consider, consider a different type of stand, you know, consider a ground blind, consider something that doesn't require you to, to get elevated or just find a new spot. It's not worth, it's just not worth risking getting hurt just to, just to kill a deer, you know, or, um, so yeah, if it doesn't fit into my parameters of being able to stay connected from the time I leave the ground to the time I get back on the ground, I don't hunt. That's a good, uh, good piece of advice for listeners out there. Don't take that chance on that. So what I want to ask you next is what are kind of your, uh, ABCs regiment like that everybody needs to be making sure they're aware of, you know, I know we've kind of, we've kind of touched at it at different points, but in what specific order are things yeah. that everybody needs to consider? Especially going into this time of year, um, you know, the advice from your tree stand manufacturers is going to be to take your stands out of the woods every year. Yeah. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I get it. I understand why they advise that you do that. I just, I don't, I run out of time. A lot of times, uh, the stands the way I want it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm gonna leave it there. The risk I'm taking with that is that being outside 365 days a year, uh, you're going to deal with corrosion and you're going to have problems eventually with cables, connections, welds, uh, things of that nature. Yeah. So first and foremost, uh, number one for me is like I said, stay connected. If you stay connected, all this other stuff is, is, is inconsequential. But once I'm connected, the thing I want to want to do is at the end of the season, if I'm not going to take a stand down, um, loosen it up, uh, loosen it up on the tree. The tree is going to expand. And when it expands, if you've got a chain or if you've got a strap, it's going to start putting pressure on that. And, and, uh, you don't want that. You don't want that for the tree. You don't want that for your stand. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna loosen it up as I go into the season. If I'm inspecting a stand that's been out, that year, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm not going to get into a stand that's been on a tree the whole year. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to loosen that thing completely and I'm going to reset it. And I, I don't want to, um, get in that stand and find out that the strap was messed up as I fall out of it, uh, or, or find out that the cable, uh, is going to break as I fall out mm-hmm. of it. So I'm going to want to go in. If I'm leaving these stands out year round, I'm going to really inspect them good before I go put in my weight on it, but you just got to look at your different attachment points. Um, cables again, cables with lock-ons cables with climbing stands, welds, inspect all those things. If they look suspect, don't, don't use it. You know, again, it's going to cost you another, go buy you a new tree stand. So what it's better than a hospital bill. It's better than (laughs) cheaper uh, than that. All that stuff. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to sit there laying in your hospital bed, realizing you're there because you're being cheap. So go get a new tree stand. Um, if you don't want to have that problem, take your tree stands out of the woods every year. Um, so that's that's my thing, man. If you stay connected, you can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. But once you do that, you know nobody wants to fall. So make sure you're checking those attachment points, those welds, 
those those bolts and cables. Um, and if it doesn't look right, don't use it. Good words to live by, because I mean, I'm I'm guilty of it. Where I just assume everything's okay. I've climbed up in a tree before without a harness, setting them or cutting limbs, thinking it's going to be okay. And uh, you know, when when I read a story like yours and others, and I hear about other things, like really makes you think twice, especially now that I have a two year old in the picture. So I mean, it, yeah, it really changes your perspective on how that is, and I I definitely encourage it anybody out there and especially our listeners you got to do these things there's there's not enough people out there that are just honest about what they're really doing in the woods and i mean like i was telling you before i leave street stands up all year long i do i mean Mm -hmm. i I know that's not the best practice and this is coming from a guy who has fallen out of a tree but because i'm either you know out of convenience out of laziness however you want to you know dice it up i do that and there are guys that are listening to this. They're going to say, you know, yeah, I wear a safety harness sometimes, uh, or yeah, you know, I'll, 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 I'll disconnect, you know, when I'm getting in and out of the stand or, um, like you said, you know, I'll jump into a stand, not knowing if, if the cable's in good shape, yeah. or, you know, or maybe not having checked everything thoroughly. And that's all it takes, man. That's all it takes is just that one time. And so if there's anything I can leave people with is just kind of, just have that in your mind when you're doing these things. And it's not just tree stands. I mean, tree stands are what we're talking about today, but it's everything when it comes to safety is you mm-hmm. do not have time to react when something happens. There's no. not, there's no reaction time. You are not going to, you know, catch it. You're not gonna, um, be able to deal with it. And so try to just slow down, see around these corners and don't put yourself in these scenarios to begin with. Uh, and make sure you've got all your protective equipment, uh, whether you're running a chainsaw or climbing a tree stand, man, we're out there to have a good time. We're out there to enjoy being in the outdoors. And I can tell you that if you ever have to see, uh, the way your family looks at you when you're hurt, or if you've ever, God forbid, had a child that has gotten hurt, uh, it, it it's not the way you want no. to have that experience in the woods. You don't want to put that on what something that you enjoy so much so just take your time slow down and you know everything will be fine yes slow it down and it's okay to pay an extra trip back to the cabin or you know just like you said do all those things it's it's a lot better than a hospital trip so i got a question for you have you ever been back to that tree since that accident i actually uh when when i fell um a lot of people were asking me, are you ever going to climb a tree again? Or, you know, and I think I, I fell on Halloween and I hunted that same tree, that same season. I actually got back out very late in the season in January. Um, and just, just out of almost out of like a personal, just, you know, like I'm going to, this is not going to define me. I'm not going to let this mess up something I love so much. And yeah. so I went back in there and I hunted it immediately. Yeah. I was the first, that was the first place I went. Cause I was like, I'm going to get right back in there. I'm going to get right back in that thing. And, uh, and yeah, I just didn't ever, it was my fault. It, it, it was a preventable thing that was my fault. And there's not, it's nothing to be scared of, but you just have to take, you know, you got to take those precautions and, uh, don't, don't let the same mistake happen again. And gosh, you know, hear, hear my story and don't let it happen to you. What was going through your mind whenever you got back up in that tree that same season? Trying to kill a deer. <laughs> you weren't nervous at all or 
No, man. I just, like I said, you know, it, it's just things happen. And, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, I've never been scared of heights. I'm not, still not scared of heights. Mm-hmm. I just, um, it, it was, it was, like I said, it was preventable. It was my fault. And, um, I knew, I knew at that point I had, I had the right plan in place where it couldn't happen again. It can't happen again. If I'm connected to this tree, this cannot happen again. And uh, yeah, never, never really given it a whole lot more thought since then. Well, man, I know we're, we're almost out of time here. So kind of tell us, uh, give, give the listeners any kind of final, final advice, final parting advice, uh, when it comes to tree stand safety. When you get to the base of your tree, think about the people that you care about the most. And when you take that first step vertical, if you're doing that and you're thinking about them, you'll, you'll make sure that you've got yourself connected and safe. And it don't think about the inconvenience of it. Don't think about the added noise, um, or that may or may not be there. Um, think about those people that you got to get back to at the end of the day. And if you do that, I I think that will order your steps, uh, more so than just somebody preaching to you about tree stand safety. Right on, man. Tell listeners real quick where they can find you on social media, Great Day Outdoors, where to check y'all out, all that good stuff. If you want to check out our podcast, head over to the Hunt and Land podcast. Um, Over there, we talk about all the issues as they pertain to hunters and landowners. Mm -hmm. You want to find us uh, on social media, you can check us out at Great Days Outdoors, the magazine Great Days Outdoors, and uh, greatdaysoutdoors.com if you want to follow us on the web. How about you? You got Instagram or anything? Man, you know, I I, I try to, I, I've got me. It's just Joe Baya. You know, I don't do anything extra special on there. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm one of those folks that uh, tries to keep social media to a, to a minimum. I do what I've got to do on there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be out in the woods. So hopefully I'm not on my phone too much. <laughs> well, Joe, man, I really appreciate you hopping on with us, telling us your story and speaking a lot about tree stand safety awareness because it's september we're all climbing up in stands and i think this is great for a lot of guys and gals to be listening to as they're headed to the stand thanks for having me on man i really appreciate it and uh wish everybody a a a safe and successful season all right y'all there you have it hopefully you're going to take what joe said today and you're going to take it to heart and think about it before you climb up in that stand don't forget your harness don't forget your lifeline be safe good luck this fall we wish you all good luck We can't wait to see tall tines down and big smiles. Thank y'all for tuning in this episode of Field Note Fridays powered by Bowtech, and we'll see you on the next one.